This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their tap room in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting for the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. And this week, we're talking with the Athletic Brewing Company. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. So joining us today, we have Bill Schufelt and John Walker, the co-founders of Athletic Brewing Company. We're going to talk more about non-alcoholic beer than we ever have before. I'm pretty that's, sure of that's this. certain. Absolutely. Non-alcoholic beers. How do they work? How do they do? No, they even work? I, nobody knows. We're no, gonna, but it's a growing industry, Brian. It is very much a growing industry. So we're going to find out if they're the ultimate session beers and if this episode possibly counts as training for a marathon because uh, I got my running shoes on. Good. Bill, John, guys, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Well, guys, we're getting started here. We're getting into – do you call them beers? Is they, Are these technically beer? Uh, by the legal definition federally, they are not, but we do call okay. them beer just to help people along and identify them for sure. And- okay, that's what I wondered. I wasn't sure what the process of it was. Uh, or not, but we just uh, had your upside don. We did a little pre-gaming with that beer, uh, which is a golden ale. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that one? Yeah, sure. It's a it's a pretty simple malt bill. It's designed pretty much to be clean and crisp and refreshing. It's a lot hoppier than say your typical golden ale, so it kind of falls in that undefined kind of hoppy golden beverage category. The flavor okay. of the grain really comes through in this beer. I noticed when I was drinking it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, just we we're trying to match to some extent the traditional style guidelines of of certain beverages. Okay, excellent. So, uh, Brian, how was your week? You know, it was it was eventful. It was uh, it was exciting. Hit uh, Gate City for their fourth anniversary. Got to check out a number of things. They had a bunch of barrel aged beers there, barrel aged Imperial Stout, and a uh, a Margarita Goza in a tequila barrel, which I was kind of fond of. And uh, you know, it was a day of two Resilience IPAs, which I I think That's is a good right. thing. Uh, I had yes, yes, the Resilience IPA at Gate City, and I also had the Resilience IPA at Arches. And of course, we were down at Arches because there was that new collaboration. Tim. That's right, little Nappy Roots collaboration yeah. down there. Some Kentucky Mud. So got to go down there, hang out with the Nappy Roots guys. They just came back off their Great American Beer Run tour. I'm a little envious of those guys. Yeah, they go around, bit. do concerts, have fun, and they said they visited over 20 breweries in the month of January yeah. while they were out there on their tour. And I think they've set up. They had this collaboration, and I'm, now I can't remember what the other yeah. one was. But it was like over in was it Idaho that they have another collaboration? Yep, working yeah. with a brewery in Idaho. Yep. So they're they're going all around, Brian. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, I also had an eventful week, Brian. Did you? It was is adventurous. I, uh, you know what, I hadn't done this in many many years, so I decided to uh, end up in the emergency room. Oh, that's Thursday. fun. That's so, so yeah. how did that go? It didn't go well, Brian. <laughs> so, but I'm not feeling too bad now. I found out I do have a a little follow up issue. I got to go check out. Were they some, finally uh, able to extract the stick? 
They weren't. It's oh, still, still firmly planted okay. up there, right, Brian. Good. So yeah, I had uh, had a little abdominal pain. Had to go get some stuff checked out there. <laughs> There's some stones in per- certain parts of my body, certain organs. So so yeah, enjoyed that. Uh, Monday night had their slam dunk. Their sure. new beer there with the the orange creamsicle milkshake IPA was uh was quite nice. So good stuff there. Uh, Bill, you just had mentioned to us you're up actually doing some adventurous stuff in uh, Vermont, correct? Yeah, this is um, back up where I went to college up in Vermont is where I first got introduced to good craft beer up here. Um, Long Trail was definitely like kind of our home brewery there, but Otter Creek was right down the street as well. Did it? Oh, okay. yeah. Burlington breweries. Um, yeah, you had just mentioned the Resilience IPA. We actually had that on tap the past two months at our tap room. Um, yeah, I think um, it was something John saw immediately in the news and – yeah, we were just fired up to give it a shot. John reached out to Sierra Nevada. They said it was cool if we brewed a non-alcoholic version of it. Wow. Okay, you know what? I was gonna when you said you had it on tap there, I thought maybe you brought in the and I was surprised that a non-alcoholic brewery would have uh, an alcoholic beer on, but uh, you didn't. You brewed an NA version of the Resilience, huh? John, um, very cool. All right. Yeah, John can probably speak to it better, but I think he touched up the malt bill and uh, yeah, it was. Very true to style. It was awesome over the past two months, and we just sent our donation over last week. That's so, awesome, man. That's very cool. cool. So, John, interesting question there. So, brewing the resilience, you can take a recipe, a craft beer recipe, and you're able to to modify that to do as a non alcoholic brew. Yeah, <clears throat> it takes it takes a little work to go with our process uh, because we don't take the alcohol out. We do, in fact, oh really? Brew. Okay to under 0.5%. So, you know, we can't, we, we, we can't just brew and remove the alcohol. So it takes a fair amount of work um, on everybody's part to make sure that we do it well. And we do we best the best we can to respect styles. And I don't know, I thought it worked out really well. I had them side by side and I, I was pretty happy with the way it turned out. Very cool. Well, you know, Tim, I think it is time for the beers of the week. Crack open a cold one. It's the Truck and Tap Beer of the Week. Craft beer and food trucks in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. Well, Brian, as always, we have a lot of uh, beers here. We have as many beers quantity-wise as we normally do, but the collective ABV is much, much lower than a typical show for us. So we're going to drink through these athletic beers. As I mentioned, we started out out with our upside-down gold nail. Uh, we've moved on. We are currently drinking their Run Wild IPA. We are also going to get into a seasonal for them, a double hop IPA. And we have the All Out Extra Dark that we'll get into, which is that's a stout or stouty. Is that right, guys? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So that's going to be uh, what uh, we are getting into this week. So, Brian, what is happening this week in the news? What's in the news? The beer guys have the scoop. Extra, extra, read all about it. Time for headlines. All right, so probably the biggest news of the week is the scandalous article in the Great Lakes Brewing News. And, uh, you know, honestly, it's a little difficult to describe. The uh, The topic of the article was supposed to be about the pursuit and appreciation of real ale and cask ale, but in it, the uh, the main character spends a lot of time discussing what can only be described as predatory sexual behavior and desires, which is, is weird. In fact, the, the the piece begins with a description of this dilemma over wanting to behave, quote, like the great seducer John Wan, Don, 
sorry, Don Juan and the realities of the Me Too era. It's all at once creepy, awkward, and self-congratulatory, and it's got to be one of the weirdest things I've ever read. And uh, it's going down about as well as you would expect in the beer world. A lot of people on social media saying WTF and a lot of breweries breaking ties with the, uh, the publication. The author did put out an apology of sorts. He explains that the article is part of a larger series. It was kind of taken out of context, and it's supposed to be a parody of people he describes as, quote, reactionaries. Apparently, the series usually has a disclaimer. It didn't this time, and everybody assumed that the, the author was writing about himself. But even with the disclaimer, my question is, why? What's the point of this? So- it was... Uh- very poorly received very if it was satire it missed the mark horribly oh and you know he's he's not new to the industry apparently well respected for what he's done over the last so many years but uh this one missed the mark very very poor taste whatever the reason was for sure for sure and apparently he's made stumbles like this in the past or written things sort of like this, but it had the disclaimer. And so people gave it a pass, which I thought was weird. But uh, so uh, some bad news for the beer scene in the Pacific Northwest, Portland, Oregon's Bridgeport Brewing is closing after 35 years on March 10th. Oregon's oldest operating brewery will cease operations. They're citing the declining sales and extremely competitive craft beer market in the Pacific Northwest. And for those of you who don't know, Bridgeport is owned by Gambrinus, a company that is, also owns Shiner and Trumer, and at one point in time, Pete's Wickedale, if you remember that. So it's not technically craft, but I have some background with the brewery, so it uh, kind of touches on my heartstrings. And I, you know, drank some of it back when they were craft. So, uh, you know, it's been a rough 2019 already for Portland. Widmere Brothers already closed their brew pub after 22 years. And an un- another younger brewery, Burnside Brewing, also abruptly ceased operations this year. So... Yeah, not off to a good start. Nope. Taking the hits there in the Northwest, that's for sure. Definitely. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. It is time for us to take a break, but we'll be back very soon to talk with the Athletic Brewing Company. This is Mark Logos with Old Nation Brewing Company. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We are Reformation Brewery, celebrating the reformer in you. Locally crafted within the renowned Etowah watershed of Woodstock, Georgia, Reformation creates yeast-forward brews full of aroma and flavor crafted to last. Come see us in beautiful Woodstock, Georgia, for a tour and tasting of unique brews that you can't find anywhere else. Reformation Brewery, set beer free. ReformationBrewery.com. It's Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The numbers all go to 11. Does that mean it's louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? Now, back to the Beer Guys radio show. 
Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you miss an episode, don't worry. All episodes are available as a podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and never miss a show. We're talking to Bill Schufelt and John Walker, the co-founders of Athletic Brewing Company. Gentlemen, so this is definitely this you're you're a first for us. You're a first for us talking non-alcoholic beer on a craft beer show. So we're we're sure some of our listeners may turn their heads a little bit on this, but we but we know that it's something that's growing in the industry. And uh, we see a lot more people for various reasons deciding to uh, to go for non-alcoholic brews. So the first question, uh, Bill, I'll, I'll ask you this one. Why did you decide to start a non-alcoholic craft brewery? Yeah, I mean, you're very right. And as are your listeners. I mean, before I literally got into the industry of non-alcoholic beer, the only times in my life I probably spoke about it were to make fun of it before. So right. it yeah. wasn't definitely not anything I thought I would end up in. Um, but I did love craft beer. There's amazing craft beer all over the Northeast and getting better every day. And it was really as my lifestyle was like, as you get older, your career takes more priority. Family takes more priority. I was getting a bit healthier also post-college and just everything was adding up to alcohol, not fitting into every occasion. And there's so many other occasions in life where craft beer would make so much sense, like a good meal pairing, hanging out with your family, being active if you have to get in the car after, if you want to get back out on the ski slopes. There's just so many places where I thought, wow, I could, I'd really like a beer here, but there was nothing on offer and like really very little between like carbonated soda and water. And so it was something that was constantly in the back of my mind. Um, and it just grew into a bigger idea to the point where I was business planning on the side of my old job. And ultimately, um, it was the like my old career in finance. Sure, it was a super stable job. It was intellectually challenging. And I love the people I worked with, but it totally missed the mark on any sort of fulfillment, sustainability. Sure. And actually, something I heard on one of your prior episodes with um, Dan Carey from New Glarus really spoke to me about like the sustainability of what they built, the family they had on the brewing team and just building business the right way around all their employees was something like, and the community of craft beer was something totally absent in the financial world. And talking to my wife, we realized that there was no positive impact whatsoever to be had in the financial world where just the positive impact we could have by adding more moderate craft beer choices could have a positive impact on so many people's lives and all the people who aren't in the craft beer community could then come join in on all those occasions and not feel like outcasts at bars and restaurants when they try to order a good beer. And it was really once we realized that positive fulfillment that I quit my job like three days later and have been doing it full time since. So you are full time. That's I, I was wondering, you know, if this was was something that was full time for you. Oh, yeah, we're so me and John are um, we're basically like two years in working on it together, planning when. Well before that, um, yeah, between like the textbook reading we did, the work on the science behind it, yeah, John and I worked on it full time for a year without actually making beer as we built our brewery and um, did a lot of homebrew batches together to like refine our process. Yeah, but we very much committed and have a great team that helped us commit to it um, of building a full size brewery dedicated all to non-alcoholic craft beer. Was that the idea out of the gate was to be non-alcoholic? Yeah, for sure. And, okay. uh, yeah. Yep. It was just in today's healthy and mindful world, it just seemed like such a void in the beverage market where it would have such a positive impact on people's lives. Um, and I think 
people really want that. It's just the options there hadn't turned over at all in like 30 years. So what do you drink? And this is kind of dedicated or directed towards both of you. What do you drink more in your personal life now that you've got this brewery up and running? Is it regular beer or the non-alcoholic beer? Well, everyone on our team besides me drinks alcoholic beer. Um, I crush our beers all the time, but yeah, John can definitely speak to. Bill, have you ever drank enough of your beers to fill that that half percent (laughs) ABV? I it's actually not physically possible. I mean, that's, I was yeah. I was wondering. I couldn't do the math too quick in my head, but yeah, yeah. It's obviously not our own paid studies, but I've read on the internet that your body digests a non-alcoholic beer as alcohol in like three to five minutes. Okay, so you'd have to drink ten of our beers to add up to like even a light beer. Challenge um, accepted. Right. Oh wait, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you'd really have to be clipping like ten beers in ten minutes to keep pace with that digestion so yeah and you'd just be there you'd be full before you'd be able to do it so for sure yeah yeah. now john how about you what percentage would you say you split between alcoholic and non-alcoholic beers um i'm probably i'm probably 60 40 in non-alcoholic to alcoholic at this point and largely because like i found its place in my life i'm busy Mm -hmm. i work I have two kids and I find myself drinking more beer since we're going to call it beer because I really like the taste of beer and hops and malt. And so I can all of a sudden drink a lot more now. We'll so, just put a disclaimer in here that every time we say beer in this show, we are doing air quotes. Air quotes, yeah. So that way people yes. will know what we're talking about here. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, guys, what uh, we've talked about it briefly, but I'm sure there's a, a huge variety here. What types of people choose to drink non-alcoholic craft beer? Yeah, it, it really is. And like we ship beer nationwide on e-commerce. So we have all sorts of data and everything and like Instagram followers, like all sorts of data. And it really skews younger than we ever would have thought, um, where the traditional non-alcoholic beer market is a total penalty box of people who are forced to drink that for medical reasons and other reasons tends to be older. We're not targeting that traditional non-alcoholic beer market at all. Um, those people will find us just on quality alone. We think the real future for non-alcoholic beer is to add all these young, healthy adults who like craft beer, all those other occasions to the craft beer world whenever they just aren't blowing off steam with alcohol, you know? So do you figure the reason it's it, it kind of skews young in terms of the people buying it, is that because they're the ones out exercising? Because you don't see a lot of people, you know, not as many people in their 50s and 60s and maybe even 40s like us uh, out there running marathons and whatnot. It's it's It tends to skew younger. So is that kind of the the market we're looking at here is the the athletes well it's definitely like our beers do have functional elements for sure beer itself is a naturally very healthy electrolyte filled beverage with potassium magnesium anti-inflammatory qualities and so it was an easy name for beers but we more wanted to put a positive spin and give people who are ordering non-alcoholic beer like a good reason to feel comfortable doing it um but really our feedback we get from customers is people all over the map drinking it for all different reasons. Like John said, um, like some of our um, nicest emails are for uh, from young parents who just love craft beer, but don't want to drink when they're hanging out with their kids may have to drive. Um, It really, I would say our average drinker is just the 25 to 45 year old who has a job, 
likes to work out on weekends or on weeknights, but tends to lean lighter calories where they can, as long as they're not making taste compromises. Yeah, that's I. We mentioned to you a little bit before we started recording here that we have a brewer friend that uh, recently had a baby, and uh, she she didn't drink alcohol, but she still wanted to have a drink with the group, you know. So there, so she chose non-alcoholic beers during her pregnancy. Yeah, I mean, so I, one of the things that's been awesome is that people in the industry love our beers and immediately get it. A lot of brewery owners, taproom workers. Um, wherever, where we do go on tap, like the staff definitely drinks it and loves it. Um, we get a lot of people who are like distributor sales reps coming into the tap room who drink all week, don't want to drink on the weekends. And, uh, it's interesting. Like we're very industry heavy. Um, and that also kind of carries into other industries like finance. People have to go out to work dinners and drink three nights a week. They kind of want to break from that a lot and tend to come into our tap room. And I can relate to that, you know, because we do a lot of events and doing the show, we, we have a good amount of beer. So I can understand maybe wanting to drink with not and passing on a little bit of alcohol. Yeah, it happens a lot. A little three martini lunch with no alcohol. In That's it. right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you're listening to the beer guys radio show. We do need to take another break, but we'll be back very soon to talk more with athletic brewing company. We are Reformation Brewery, celebrating the reformer in you. Locally crafted within the renowned Etowah watershed of Woodstock, Georgia, Reformation creates yeast-forward brews full of aroma and flavor crafted to last. Come see us in beautiful Woodstock, Georgia, for a tour and tasting of unique brews that you can't find anywhere else. Reformation Brewery, set beer free. ReformationBrewery.com Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, hoppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing. Establishing a new standard in craft beer. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. So, you know, if you want to, go ahead and uh, wear a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. I want to give a quick shout out to one of our newest radio affiliates, WWDC HD2 104.7 FM in Washington, D.C., Catch Beer Guys Radio on 104.7 FM every Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern. And now back to our conversation with Bill Schufelt and John Walker from Athletic Brewing Company. Bill, I have a, uh, two questions for you based on something we mentioned there uh, in the last segment. You were talking about selling your beer uh, online, shipping your beer, and that you had a younger audience. So the first question is, do you have an age limitation that you're able to sell non your non-alcoholic beers to? Well, liquor laws vary state by state for sure across the country. Federally, there's not an age limit. Um, 
But as company policy, we just think it's most reasonable not to market to miners, just avoid any of that state-by-state confusion and keep it easy on our retailers. Yeah, I can understand that perfectly. The The law is not there. It's just a good business practice to to limit it, right? For sure, yeah. We do think there would be definitely benefits for miners to taste high-quality beer before they're of age, though. I mean, it's but it's just a tough marketing policy where it looks like we're encouraging underage drinking. The whole candy cigarettes argument that we don't want to deal with as startup. You don't sure. want to be the gateway uh, beer. Yeah. The gateway beer. Yeah. Onto, yeah the okay. The thing is, it could, would probably be the gateway to taste appreciation. Um, yeah. But, but that's not the way everybody else would see it, though. <laughs> yeah. They'd yeah, see it as, oh, they're, they're introducing them to alcohol. So. Yeah. That's for someone with a bigger marketing budget to tap, tackle. We'll focus on yeah. the high quality beer. So, Bill, with the with the online sales and with shipping your beer, what areas are there? Certain areas where your your product is more popular across the country? It it definitely clearly shows like where there's the biggest appreciation or like kind of leading edge territories where craft beer is very popular. Um, Colorado, California, the Pacific Northwest um, are super dense in terms of order flow, um, which is really interesting. I could see that because those are also very active areas. You know, yes. people are hiking and biking and and surfing and whatever they do in the Pacific Northwest. So rollerblade, hike, or, rollerblade yeah. up there, basket <laughs> and and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, our beers are legal to take into state parks. They're in cans, so they're super mobile. Also, so yeah, it definitely lends itself well to that lifestyle blend. So I think you'd mentioned you might. I think you mentioned that you don't actually remove the alcohol from your beers. You brew to uh, a level of alcohol that uh, makes it non-alcoholic. Is that correct? Yeah, it's something we came to over long periods of trial and error. Um, basically, we, John and I came to the conclusion that if it was possible to make great craft beer with the traditional equipment or by those methods with the alcoholization, that people would be doing it already who had significantly bigger budgets than we did. Um, so yeah, we really locked in on that together. Um, John can definitely speak to it better than I can probably. Oh yeah. I mean, it, that's exactly it. We, it's brewing in, in all the traditional senses and we just, we have to be a little more meticulous and controlling of certain elements at certain times. Do you have a bigger risk for infection because of lower alcohol volume? Absolutely. Okay. That's how I figured. Well, I, I was wondering connected to that. How about shelf life is that you don't have the alcohol there as a preservative, do you have a reduced shelf life because it's a non-alcoholic product? Yeah. Yeah. It's something that we came to, like John and I thought the biggest challenge was going to be coming to a perfected process where we could make a wide range of craft beers. And we got to that point where we were really happy with our process and realized we were only like 40% of the way there. We both went and got other food safety degrees, um, developed a in conjunction with other people, like a very in-depth food safety program and went through the FDA regulations. Um, sorry, John, I kind of stepped on your toes there as I started talking. Yeah, no, that's where I was going with it. It was, that was, you know, there were difficulties in figuring out the process, but that was only, like Bill said, like a quarter to a third of the battle and then trying to figure out how to make this product shelf stable for flavor and quality and safety purposes um that was was a really unique challenge and i think that's part in part of you know why we're so proud of what 
we've accomplished thus far. John said, uh, like difficulty in coming up with the process. Uh, yeah, the two of us really homebrewed in a warehouse, well over a hundred batches on like Gatorade sized jug equipment. Um, and then as soon as we started construction, John took the test facility to his garage and did a ton more batches also. Um, so it's a process we're super proud of. And that's something, Brian, you had done a little research. I know I know you guys said that your exact details of your process are proprietary, so we won't pry too much. We've got an idea there. But, Brian, you did a little research on some of I the did. processes available. So what are some ways that different breweries use to get uh, non-alcoholic beers? Well, a lot of them do some sort of de-alcoholization process, which is uh, one way of doing it is basically distilling it, like inverse distilling it where you heat up uh, – some resources said they boil it. I think you don't have to boil it probably to get the uh, the volatiles of the alcohol to to, re- to release, but they just let it go, and whatever's left is the beer minus the alcohol. Because so if you're not putting it into a still and condensing it, yep. then it just evaporates out. It just out evaporates right okay. out, so you're left with what's left after the alcohol. They've got other ways of doing it with low pressure where they can actually boil it at room temperature and drive off the uh, those the alcohol compounds and retain the flavor, which is an intriguing process. I'm curious to see how that who does that and how that tastes. But uh, there's reverse osmosis where they pull out the alcohol in the water and they actually boil that off and then put it back into all of the non-liquid material and recombine it. And then, you know, the, the very worst option sounding to me is where you brew a, a proper beer and then you just turn around and dump a bunch of water in it until it gets down to the uh, the level you want. But that's one way of doing it. Brew it maltier and bigger and then cut it with water. Yeah, pretty much it cut it down, cut it down, yeah. cut it down. So my, my thought is, is this, none of these are the ways that uh, that they're doing it, that from the sound of it, they're brewing to a pers- that that percentage to to achieve that. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Is that is that right? That's correct. Yeah, okay. definitely brewing like a full range of styles just to super sessionable levels. Um, yeah, all the processes you mentioned definitely have their drawbacks. Um, even distilling at any temperature, there involves involves a need to recapture a lot of these elements that are lost. Uh, heating at any temperature, you're going to start to lose some esters, compounds, hop aromas, sure, sure. Yeah. and then deal with trying to recapture those and reinsert them into the beer or... Reverse osmosis involves diluting up, diluting down, uh, like de-aerating, all very expensive equipment. Um, so we kind of, we wanted to use high quality, unaffected ingredients by, like we wanted to go fully fermented, high quality ingredients, brewed the style. Um, yeah, and it, I think we're accomplishing that. Did you experiment with any of those other styles when you were deciding what you're doing? Or did you just know from the outset, like, we're definitely going down the route that we're going. Those others are just not for us. Uh, we tasted a ton of beers from different continents that used all these different styles. Um, and then we tested similar strategies on a smaller scale for sure. Um, and yeah, did it wasn't just like a week of research on those methods. It was like years of it and kind of a non-starter in a lot of ways. Um, so, and that's Brian, you were asking about the pro and I think that's what we were speaking to bill. The process is not, not different beer styles, but different, uh, brewing, non-alcoholic styles. Yeah. brewing styles. Right. Okay. Now, another thing I noticed here guys is calorie counts on your beers. And that's something I'm sure we've talked a little bit about the health conscious, but for a comparable alcoholic style, your beers are all lower, lower calorie counts. Correct. Yeah, even the lightest of the light beers, um, like 
I think our golden ale is basically half the calories of like a Michelob Ultra. Um, and yeah, it's, alcohol itself is very dehydrating and calorie dense. So it's, we like to think of it as a very incremental health choice that um, people can mix in at all different times. Even if it's just like your last beer of the night or like a pacer round, um, it's just like a nice mix in beer. One more. Yes. Pacing round. I like yeah. that. <laughs> you yeah. listen to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a break, but we'll be back very soon to talk more with Athletic Brewing Company. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, hoppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing. Establishing a new standard in craft beer. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram now back to the beer guys radio show Shake it back. welcome back to the beer guys radio show if you enjoy the show please consider supporting us on patreon just go to patreon.com slash beer guys patrons can get some cool perks like beer guys swag and commercial free episodes and now back to our conversation with bill schufelt and john walker from athletic brewing company so, Bill, I was curious, as we're talking about uh, beer and processes and non-alcoholic beers and that, we know the process is similar but a little different to to regular brewing. For someone who drinks regular craft beer and they decide that they want to try a non-alcoholic craft beer, should they expect the exact same flavor profile? Should they have the exact same expectations for your beer as they would the alcoholic version of that beer? Um. I think that's exactly the experience we're going for. Just no compromises. We've tasted our beers with panels of experts on live radio in unmarked cups and asked them to try to identify which are ours and which are other well-known craft beers. And it's they've never been able to single out which are our beers, which is exactly what we're going for. That's good. I think that's what you want. Yeah. So, you know, a few years uh, ago, only a uh, Non-alcoholic beers were being produced by just a few macro brewers, not a lot of it out there, as we've discussed. But lately, we've seen more non-alcoholic craft brewers popping up or just breweries that already brewed beer, adding a few non-alcoholic taps to their selection. So what's the uh, what's the outlook look like for the non-alcoholic craft beer industry? We've definitely been pleasantly surprised. We found it's a conversation that's definitely happening in the world. And we just brought a product to meet that occasion or that whole group of occasions. Uh, 
Right now, 40% of U.S. adults have less than 0.1 drinks per week, which was a pretty shocking stat to me. And 70% have less than 2.1 drinks per week. So there are all these beer occasions where everyone looks for where craft beer can expand to. Um, and I think there are all these different groups we can include. Um, even the current non-alcoholic beer market in our country is half of 1%. And I think that's largely a reflection of the quality and lack of innovation. As the category catches up to craft beer quality in our country's standards, I think this category could easily, I mean, the IPA market is 4 to 7% of total of the total U.S. beer market. Um, with people's appreciation for taste and quality, I could easily say it getting there. There have been very well-known brewery CEOs on stage at recent conferences. I know Eric Ottaway of Brooklyn Brewery speaks to the category very well, but he's said that he thinks the category could be 10%. Heineken said 10 plus percent, I think. So um, those are some crazy numbers. We're really just out to meet our customers where they live and then keep getting them good beer. Have you looked any into international markets? You know, we know that, uh, Brian, I believe you found out the Middle East accounts for a third of worldwide sales of non-alcoholic and alcohol-free beer, correct? Indeed. Yep. So have you considered any international expansion or uh, export? It's definitely something that there's obviously a big, more established, mature market overseas. In a lot of European countries, it's 10 to 15% of the beer market. I think that kind of speaks to the opportunity right here at home. And like, we're really committed to our backyard and then getting people in our country beer on e-commerce, like right to their doors. Um, I really, that's plenty of opportunity for us. We'll leave that to much bigger players. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I have to wonder with this, I was looking at the labels of these and I've been thinking about it. Are there any kind of interesting legal considerations with this, considering it is, it's not an alcohol-free beer, it's a, it's a non-alcoholic beer. And I guess there's a legal distinction between the two. And I notice that on some of your cans, you also have nutritional facts. So what are some of the weird or the unusual, like the different things you have to do with non-alcoholic beer that you don't have to do with regular beer? Yeah, we, um, it's on the food safety side, it's all with your de like state Department of Consumer Protections and the FDA site registrations. But then on the labeling front, we interact with the TTB, who's been, the TTB is a very approachable and interactive agency, and they've been very helpful with the guidance and working with us. Yeah, but um, yeah, we like to just present the facts of what's in the can without making overt health claims, just so people know what they're drinking. Um, yeah, we use all organic grains and just natural beer ingredients. Okay. So the, the, the nutritional facts in the can are, are purely voluntary on your part. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And you mentioned that you use a lot of like local Connecticut grain and, uh, in, in your beers. Is that right? Uh, yes. In, in our flagships, the Upside Dawn and the Run Wild, we use, uh, all organic grains. Uh, so those are sourced from all over premium us and german um, malts but yeah in our local harvest and some seasonals we source all connecticut ingredients from great providers like thrall family mart thrall family malts which is uh the oldest farm in connecticut and then point air hops it's uh it's cool to see you know that out there where you can get those local we've got uh in Asheville, north carolina there's a riverbend malt house that uh delivers malts from the southern area so you can have a truly drink local. If you're going to drink local, drink as local as possible, right? For sure, yeah. So, guys, um, your tap room, you have a tap room at your brewery, correct? Yep. Yep. What's the environment like there? Is it like going to any other brewery tap room, you know, games and people hanging out, comedy shows and trivia and such? 
Um, we're definitely developing that more and more as people ask for it and there's more and more traction. Um, yeah, people really come from all over the place because it is the only non-alcoholic beer brewery and tap room in the country. Um, yeah, it's fun. People come from very far to see what's on tap. We have a pilot system where John's constantly churning out um, new varieties that people are asking for. Um, yeah, and it's something that John and I talked to right from the start. Um, yeah, he comes from a brew pub background where I know interacting directly with the customers who are tasting his beer was, um, he can definitely speak to that better than I can. Did you say you're the only non-alcoholic tap room in the country? Yep. Interesting. Okay. Cause I knew there was a few other non-alcoholic craft breweries, but wasn't aware that no one else was, uh, offering a tap room right now. Yep. You know, I think we should uh, at least mention what we're drinking. We're drinking the all out. It's the extra dark. And this is, uh, is this a stout or is this, uh, what what is this meant to be? It's just like a dark dark ale, just in general. For, for, formerly known as stout. That's you asked about okay. you asked about the oddball stuff that. Oh so. yeah, so you can't call it a stout anymore. No. Oh okay, because okay, I thought I remembered it being called a stout, and I think it might have been mentioned on your website as as such. So with your process and all the beers that you've looked at, I know we've we've tasted and talked about a pretty big variety of styles. Is there anything that you would like to brew but is not possible within the non-alcoholic realm there? I'd say so far the biggest hurdle might be, you know, getting, let's say, Belgian yeast character. That's understandable. Sure. We're not going to see a uh, non-alcoholic lambic, are we? <laughs> uh, don't say that. Okay. All right. I, we'll, I'll, we'll leave I'll, then. Wait, let's cross out quad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Understandable. Yes. All right. That sounds good. Absolutely. Now, another thing we've noticed is uh, a lot of places with the popularity of, you know, marijuana becoming legalized and CBD oils and all that. We've seen some uh, non-alcoholic kombuchas with CBD in them. Uh, is this anything that you've ever considered or is that not in keeping with the value of a non-alcoholic brewery? That's definitely also in the never say never category. Like okay. we're, we're big believers that the world is an extremely stressful place. And a lot of reasons people drink and enjoy social occasions is to blow off stress from the world. Um, I think CBD and relaxation, like any way you can relax from the stress in the world, we think aligns very well with health and wellness. So yeah, it's definitely not off mission for us. Um, but yeah, along the lines of, the last two questions kind of one thing we would definitely ask you and your listeners is what would you like to see us brew? Um, we did have a goes on last summer that'll be back out and okay. we have two mystery huh. beers in our pilot program right now that we're pretty excited about also, but yeah, any styles people think would lend really well to the non-alcoholic occasions in their life. We would love to hear. I was wondering with the ghosts and Berliners. I saw that as something that was a, a possibility because you can really sour those sure without adding uh you know a lot of alcohol to it's like it. lactic so, acid i yeah. think or something like that or even yeah. lactobacillus it doesn't yeah. it doesn't kick it up a ton there so true well hey guys we're running short on time here if people want to follow keep uh in touch with you or keep up with what you're doing where should they go yeah we're just athletic brewing on instagram facebook everything we love interacting with the community hearing about beer varieties um yeah, we have a two for the trails program where we donate 2% of all sales to trail cleanup. So we love to hear recommendations for that also. Um, yeah, we just like to live where our customers live. So anything we hear from you guys, we'd love. Excellent. John, Bill, thanks so much for joining us today. 
Thank, Thank you. you very much for having us. Fun time. Thanks. Thanks. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Coming up next week, Brian, we're going to do another homebrewing show. Ooh. We do those periodically. Always popular. People seem to enjoy them. We're going to have Jay Brantley join us. We're going to talk homebrewing IPAs and stouts. And Jay won our Best of Georgia Beer Best Homebrewer from our Reader's Choice Awards. For more craft beer info, follow us online. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a great week. And don't forget to drink local. Cheers. The Beer Guys Radio Show on the Beer Guys Radio Network. BeerGuysRadio.com. Duke's Mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Dukes is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Dukes. It's got twang.